Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Before we get started, I just want to say thank you. We put the challenge out in the last episode to get more reviews in exchange for some extra content and you guys really delivered. We received a whole bunch more reviews than I expected, and so that little extra stuff is going to be on its way. Wait until the end of the episode to hear all about it. Nightmares can be found in most workplaces, but where there's a nightmare, there's usually bad management. Someone who enables bad behaviour, or at the very least, allows it to continue. Pete Havel is a consultant who works closely with companies that are struggling with toxic people or environments and helps them to identify and eliminate the issue. He's able to do this because he witnessed firsthand how a nightmare of the criminal level turned his work and personal life upside down. But it wasn't just the toxic co-worker that was the problem. It was the management who knew of the blackmailing, manipulation and sabotage she had unleashed in the office and did nothing about it. He used his experience to write his book, The Arsonist in the Office, a book that is both part story and instructional guide on how to navigate such an experience. But his story is one that may have a familiar feel to many of us. It is truly an example of the true extremes a nightmare can go to in the office. My name's Sam Blacker, and you're listening to I Work With a Nightmare. My field, which is government affairs in the U.S., we call that lobbying. You know, working with politicians, um, working with uh, governmental entities of any kind, that's what I did. And so uh, I was needing a job because my organization was, was closing and I needed to find something quickly. And I found something and looked like a great job from the outside, but I was about to find out very quickly that uh, it was not exactly what it, what it appeared. When Pete says he learned quickly, he really means quickly. What my coworkers in other jobs would say when you're starting a job, hey, nice to meet you, Pete. Uh, welcome aboard. Anything I can do for you, let me know. Those types of things. I was having people literally saying, what have they told you about this job? Do you not know anything about what you've been hired for? And, and I didn't. And frankly, when I was asking follow-up questions, of, what do you mean by that? Nobody wanted to tell me. The questions were going on of uh, our statements. People saying, I'm praying for you. And that's really nice and all, but it kind of freaks you out too. When people are so distressed by a toxic workplace or person that they don't even worry about waiting to see if the new person can be trusted before venting to them, that's a very, very bad sign. But Pete still didn't know what was going on. He'd find out pretty early though. This continued for a while and then I really found out what the real deal was when my CEO pulled me aside and said, hey, can you come down to my office? I want to talk to you a little bit. And that was when I began to hear what was really going on. Pete sat down, 
Not really sure what to expect, but he still wasn't ready for his CEO's opening line. So he sat me down and uh, he said, as anybody wants to hear in a job, well, I should have told you all this before, but I don't think you'd have taken this job. Now, this is just exactly what you want to hear on your first day. An employer has tricked you into an employment? That's just a crazy thing to admit. But Pete's CEO had plenty more to admit as well. But he said, uh, Pete, I need to tell you about your coworker, Hazel. And that's what I call her in the book, Hazel. Um, she's filed about 30 some odd different complaints against people in the organization. And we know her to have blackmailed some people and made all sorts of false, or, uh, false accusations against people throughout the company and maybe has leaked some information to the media and threatened lawsuits and all these different things. This is a lot to dump on one person. And as Pete tried to process it, his CEO gave him an analogy to help. He described this community in, um, in the southern US in Florida. But he said one year they began having dozens and dozens and dozens of fires. They were approaching 100 fires that year and people began wondering what was going on. But when they got to the bottom of it, they found out what was really going on and what was causing all these problems. And it was actually the, um, the fire department. They knew if they were leading this fire department and there weren't many fires, they were never going to get more fire trucks. Others began hearing about the need for more fires to be started. And they said, well, we have a friend of ours who has a business that is about to go bankrupt, he'd love to get a, an insurance check. And it created a fire department filled with arsonists. And he got to the end of the story and he said, so that's Hazel. And I said, sir, you just described an arsonist. And he said, yeah, um, she's kind of our arsonist in the office and your job is gonna be to try and not get burned by her. bad behavior, it might seem surprising that the bosses kept her on, right? Well, there's a simple, although disappointing reason for why she was still employed. He said they had so much fear of what she might do from outside the organization that they decided to keep her inside and basically give me most of her job. And you can imagine that everything this arsonist had done throughout the organization, she was upset I was, I was there. It all was turned on me and uh, all the bad behavior that had been uh, yeah, focused on anyone was suddenly uh, incoming. The attacks came thick and fast and in a variety of ways. Some of her initial moves were so crazy they seemed like they were out of a high school prank book. Where I would be up in front giving a PowerPoint presentation, start clicking slides and out of nowhere comes absolute nonsense on the screen and I'm standing there and thinking, what do I do at this point? I don't, I don't know what is what is lying ahead, but it was, it, was, uh, it was stunning in that you really don't know what to do at that point because if you're walking in minutes later talking about somebody sabotaging your work, they would think you're crazy. Immediately above the two of them was Pete's manager, Susie. And in a situation that might feel familiar to many of us, Susie was not much help. My CEO had passed the responsibilities for dealing with Hazel 
onto my supervisor. I call her Susie in the book. Um, so Susie admitted she had no idea what to do with this employee, didn't know how to manage them, had been told they couldn't, she couldn't fire her, and so really had absolutely no tools. And uh, at one point she did confide in me that she thought the term arsonist really kind of underestimated Hazel. She thought terrorist was actually a better term because of her ability to pinpoint attacks. But Susie still had to do something. Unfortunately, her ideas definitely didn't help. Susie at one point came up with the brilliant idea that Hazel and I should have lunch together to kind of, oh, cool down the climate so that the Hazel would feel much better about things and really take care of the problem. This obviously wasn't going to make things better, but Pete couldn't predict how Hazel would turn even a simple lunch into a stressful, anxiety-inducing attack. I'm sitting across from her at lunch, and um, I didn't want to be there, but I had been told by, by my manager I had to be, and Hazel began unbuttoning buttons on her top. This wasn't silly fun. This was something completely out of left field, and it seriously threw Pete. She had made false accusations at people over sexual harassment. I thought that's where where this was going, and that that kind of put some fear in me, and that I don't want that type of accusation made against me, and here I am eating my lunch, just trying to get through it, and I was not prepared for, for thinking through, all right, what do you do in this, um, in the middle of a war <laughs> when, when, when something like that is happening? And so, um, I mean, frankly, I made no eye contact. I'm, I'm looking up and, and just trying to figure out is anybody watching? Is anybody, um, is anybody going to do anything about this? Of course, the answer to that is no. Um, everybody was busy doing it, uh, eating their lunch, and uh, there was no rhyme or reason for her doing it other than I think she was probably trying to seize, uh, size me up and um, see what my reaction would be. But Hazel moved on to even more creative methods of attack, determined to undermine Pete's professional reputation. We had an administrative assistant who uh, was doing a fine job. She became a target of Hazel's because Hazel thought that, well, you take away Pete's ability to get work done during a a time that was, uh, or frankly, most of the work was loaded up on me. I start becoming less productive and I could become a attacked in the job as as not getting my work done. This wasn't just an attack on anyone. Pete's assistant was already going through something quite serious. This was an employee who, uh, oh gosh, um, their parent was on their deathbed. Um, It was somebody who was dealing with so much stress at the time, and we all knew that, that she was. So rather than showing empathy, Hazel exploited this weakness. Would, would be taking the parent out for, for doctor's visits, would come back a few minutes early, a few minutes late, and that became her line of attack on the uh, on the admin. The Those attendance issues that are not only understandable, but, okay, you've got a parent dying, we want you to take care of that person. Let us know how we can help you. And just like that, it was done. She worked with a, um, a very willing, an able person in human resources to um, uh, to launch an attack on the employee that eventually got them out. Pete's assistant had been fired while dealing with personal tragedy, all as an attack on him. 
and he felt awful. What I was experiencing was bad, but um, personally, it disgusted me much more to see that good employee going through what they did. Frankly, their only um, crime was to be helping me. this and so much more going on, Pete was in crisis. But this wasn't just Hazel's fault. If you have an organization that's letting that garbage go, you've got a serious problem on your hands because essentially if the culture doesn't let bad behavior get reined in, um, you're going to have a lot of problems in dealing with it. And uh, flee your fight and the fight part becomes really problematic when nobody in the organization wants to take on the problem. Fighting seemed like a serious risk, but he felt like he was left with no other choice when Hazel stepped across a very important line. And as it turned out, Hazel had actually begun um, causing, what would I say? Hazel was behaving badly there as well and uh, uh, causing stress for, for my wife in a, uh, in a public setting. I wasn't sure whether I needed a meeting with human resources or if I needed a meeting with law enforcement. Hazel was interfering with his personal life and causing distress for those he cared about. Pete had no choice but to take a stand. He was not prepared for the response. And I went to um, to the head of the, uh, the organization and said, or my supervisor, and said, you need to address this. And um, she got very quiet and said, well, I'm gonna need to think about this. Then the next thing I know, my CEO was thinking about this um, and what they were doing was laying the groundwork to make sure I could be removed from my job. And that occurred a few weeks later. This seems like a crazy thing to do, but Pete has another way of seeing it. And in a warped sort of way, this makes sense to me in that if you have an employee that really has caused you no problems and you have an employee who has caused caused you multiple ones and you're afraid of what else they might do, getting rid of that employee who you think is not gonna cause you any issues at all is an easy choice. It is sick, it is disturbing that they would go down that path, but it is one where weak management can easily make that decision because it was easy to say bye-bye, Pete. Suddenly, Pete was jobless because of a company who refused to back him and that put him in a difficult situation to begin with. I was out of a job with no story to tell as to why I had left my last employer. I was in a very, and I have been in a very niche field. Um, not every company has somebody as their lobbyist or similar types of skills. And it, uh, it was difficult. It was really a, uh, a stressful time professionally, personally, because you had taken from you um, everything that you've relied on for, for your career. So he decided to make something out of his situation and wrote his book, The Arsonist in the Office, which obviously may have made future employment an interesting prospect. Frankly, getting a, a normal job, um, for me, once you write a book on the, uh, as, as I did, it, um, it's the first thing that pops up on Google. It's probably the hundredth thing that pops up on Google because this has now become my mission, my focus to help people like me and frankly, even the CEOs of organizations that get hired. A guy called me um, a few weeks after taking a job, large organization in the, in the US, everybody's heard of it. 
And he said, nobody told me what this company was like, what the culture was like inside of here. And so I hear from CEOs, I hear from people literally all over the world that are running into to problems. Um, but I'm help, starting to help companies and this is where the opportunities are really trying, starting to come in. And what about Hazel? Uh, I hear from time to time some stories. Uh, know some people that, uh, that, that run into her and uh, I can say that uh, she hasn't missed a beat. It's still causing chaos somewhere. Hazel is the perfect example of what happens when a workplace is too scared, indecisive or just unwilling to deal with a nightmare or as Peter calls them, arsonists. Now, Pete's working hard to help other workplaces, but because of his former bosses, Hazel is free to terrorise, blackmail, and destroy the mental health and well-being of many other people. When you find yourself in this sort of situation, it may be hard to really know what to do, but if your workplace isn't dealing with the problem, chances are it's not going to get better. So it's best to work on an exit strategy. But if you still need some extra advice, we just might have that for you. Over the next few weeks, Pete Havel will be joining me on the opposite fortnight to provide short, concise bits of advice. We will be going through the back catalogue of episodes from I Work With A Nightmare, and Pete will use his expertise and experience gained from advising big corporations to provide some extra insight as to what can be done in those situations. As always, feel free to let me know at samblacker.com if you have a story you'd like to share, or throw us a review wherever you review your podcasts, or even just share it with friends. I'll be back with a Pete episode in one week and another full episode in two weeks' time. Until then, good luck at work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.